peux vous montrer quelque chose de ce que vous avez composé Sur le violon Les altos. Et maintenant Attends, 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 peut-être plus léger, sans les percussions. Si on retire les trompettes... Non, 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 on en garde une. Hello everyone and welcome to the Filmotomy podcast. This is podcast episode 63 and this is a special podcast me. Today is Robin. Hello everybody. Uh, it's just us today, um, which is great because we can have an in-depth conversation um, about our subject. Um, Robin, who are we talking about and why are we talking about them? Um, it's a director I could talk about and watch his films oh, any okay. any day of the week, any time. Um, Krzysztof Kieslowski, a Polish filmmaker who I've loved really since I started loving films seriously, uh, sort of late 80s, early 90s. And Polish filmmaker, sadly we lost him uh, 23 years ago, 13th of March. Um, but he had retired, he said he'd retired, and he left with behind him a kind of, it's a cliche to say legacy, but it's certainly his last four films, mm. I think you'd be, you'd struggle to find the great directors that consecutively made four films of this calibre, especially given that the last three were made in two years. Um, three Colours Blue was made in like two months, was shot in two wow. months. Which, when you look at it, it is incredible, but I'm sure we're going to dig into yeah. that a bit further, how much he was a bit of a perfectionist and was never really satisfied with his vision and, and that sort of thing. But one of the greatest filmmakers, without any doubt for me. And, and how did you get into his films? Um, I think when I was this kind of a teenager, I, was, I went to college, well, from school to college, I sort of became a bit of a... Art house film <laughs> lover with the with the indie films like Relinklater and before Tarantino days, and also I started watching like Goddard. Uh, I was a big fan of his and learning about new German cinema. It sounds really ridiculous, but I studied it, and it included like the European cinema. And, and around about the time that Three Colours came out, um, I bought them all on on Viet. VHS back then, obviously. Uh, I went to see Red at the cinema with my friend, who's, by the way, has written a, a beautiful piece, which mm. everyone's, everyone's going to read, I hope. Um, and, and from there, you kind of work backwards. But Three Colours Red, for me, was, at the time, you see a certain type of film for the first time, don't you? When you're a kid, you see you know, the, the, the E.T., on the, on the blockbuster for the first time as a kid and you get a bit older and you watch like a drama and you start appreciating dramas. This was like the first time I'd seen a film like this 
that, that had this impact on me that was so simple and yet even today it still blows me away so from there I've just always loved his work and I've always found new things about his films I've I don't think I've seen all his shorts yet but you know a few years ago I went back and made sure I'd seen all the features the old stuff that I'm not really aware of you know it just holds a special place in kind of my cinematic heart without sounding too corny <laughs> oh no I like that that's you that is kind of um how I feel when like my first reaction to watching a Kubrick film yeah. was that you know this is something that's profound and there's so many readings of one film that you could sort of get absorbed into and I think this is the same with uh, you know with the the three colors trilogy mm. is that there's so much going on but the, the stories are quite simple but they're not simple it, it's it's oh it's just i'm still processing <laughs> it <laughs> I, I just finished watching um the last one red and i i just had this i tears down my my face at the end I was just like wow I felt I can't understand it it was just this amazing feeling of happiness but sadness at the same time I was kind of sad that it was coming to an end and it's kind of a yeah I don't want to give anything away in case no one's you know people listening haven't seen it but it, it, it leaves you with so much emotion and I know that sounds silly um no, it's like, because this is the beauty of cinema, like, and, and yeah. people seeing it for the first time is that, not joking, the hairs on the back of my neck stood mm. up when you were talking about it, because, not just because it's that film, but because you're telling me what it's like to, literally hours, within hours of seeing <laughs> experiencing it, you know, and there's films where, like, you could wish you could go back and, and just have that feeling again, but I think with these films, and the same with Kubrick and, and Bergman, and, you know, these films you get something new, you never get tired of them and they still can hit you hard and it's great having somebody that's just watched them, shame on you by the way, but yeah, you know, um... <laughs> that, it's, that it does that and it's still like, it's going to take time to process that simplicity. Yeah, it's yeah. Incredible. I, mean, I, I, I do apologise that I haven't seen them before, I feel like, I don't know, uh, I know that, you know when people say like, uh, oh, it's a masterpiece. I just think, oh, it's not going to live up to the hype. Yeah. Uh, but this, th- these films do. I mean, even White, I found better than expected because everybody says that's the kind of the weak, weakest one. But I still thought it was there's a lot going on there, and I still I found it funny. I, I found it moving, um, interesting, in sort of what was going on at the time with yeah. you know those two countries and the union and yeah like I say there's, there's like, even in a, a film which is his weakest one of those of that trilogy there is still a lot to say and to discuss um, yeah not weakest I would say just not, well, as, not as magnificent no, no. it's like two five star films probably maybe a four and a half star mm. it, but it seems like it's quite far off the other two and I'm sure he would probably agree, you know. It, it, well, I'm sure we could discuss it further, but he certainly changed the genre of it. Was 
there was like a dark comedy to it. You know, it wasn't as heavy as Blue. Yeah. Uh, and Red is potentially he- not as probably in some ways heavier than Blue, but not the way it's executed, which is really weird. It's a lot more accessible. Yeah. Um. I don't know much about him. Um. As as a as a person and how he got into directing. Yeah. Um. Really should have looked up the Wikipedia page, but you know, I prefer to have your sort of background to to who he was and and how he got into directing. So, and I, I guess this would be a nice way to to start the conversation off about him. So, yeah. Uh, what what do you, what do you know? It's kind of like this is your life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he he kind of had this. I mean, bear in mind, it's from Poland. Um, I wouldn't say it was like a, a third world country, but if we go back to when he started, you know, he did he did the whole film school thing, and he wanted to make documentaries. And it's quite strange that he bookended his career by kind of saying, like, you know, that's still kind of his favourite type of film, the documentary. You know, so he made he made quite a few like student films. And he just kept churning out these short films. He did it like the, the kind of route that you should go. You know, you do, you grow up loving film, then you go study it, and then you go get a camera, and you make these films. And he, he sort of grew up. He was quite political. Not, he wasn't heavy-handed with it, but he was. He knew of like, the Poland's place in Europe, and he incorporated that into his films. You know, some of his early documentaries were kind of about like. Um, workers you know working class and uh, the benefit system and stuff that's kind of really relevant today in, in the UK anyway I would say um, and then he started making fictional stuff and fiction films and eventually you know as time progressed and you know um, had the means to start making feature films uh, but his themes never really changed he's, he's kind of fascinated with people people interacting, different ways of communicating, but that documentary, uh, not documentary style, but documenting, I would say, you mm. know, and you see that in his films, even those last three which we spoke about, um, there's a documentary feel, his mannerisms and the way people behave, he studies it, he puts it in the script, which is why he gets some shots so quickly, they look like he's planned them for years, you know, and he's, he just knows what he wants. Um, mm. But he said towards the end, he even said, like, you know, he still thinks fondly of documentaries. So, you know, he came from that background. And as with his films, probably Double Life of Veronique, he branched out, you know, made films in France, um, which was not always that easy, you know, financially, politically, with the European uh, situation. But... And like you said, you mentioned there, I think White is probably the biggest example of that that relationship, that he was allowed to go and make films in France. And his last film was made, was, was set in Switzerland. So, you know, but he always had that kind of the Polish roots, that those themes mm. were universal, essentially, you know. Um, and he never lost his. He never lost those themes, and he did something new with them every time. But he never went to dif- do different things. He stuck to that, and almost you could say almost like a, had a perfect career. But he, he was just obsessed with film, and he was never really satisfied. He was a 
I don't know if you can say perfectionist, but it was always, you know, well, I wanted, I wanted it to look like this, and mm. you imagine what it's like to write a script, and you see it in your head, and ninety nine percent of the time it never, never turns <laughs> out. Whether it's, whether it's better or worse, you know. And I think he always had that on his mind all the time, and he, but yeah. it showed, and that kind of resilience was partly what made him so great, and, and his film so great. So. Yeah, just a lifetime of film documentaries, and he kind of stuck with that throughout his career. Mm. Made some really great feature films, and his short films are really good as well. Some of them are like three, four minutes, but they have a lot to say. Certainly, I mean, have you seen any of the shorts? No, I haven't, but I am going to do my best to binge watch them and watch this because it's it's almost like once you've watched one of his films, you're thinking. I need to watch more now. Like it becomes almost like an obsession because it's all you kind of, kind of feel like they're all sort of taking place in the same universe. Does that? Yeah. You know. And when you watch, it's it's quite good that you watch. You're going to watch the. I mean, I didn't watch the shorts first. I watched all his features, and it's mm. only the recent years that I've caught up with his short films. But you're watching them like this one that's about a guy on a train, and he runs tries to get this lady's attention at the end but it goes away, it misses his opportunity. Mm. And you watch you watch things like uh, white and red and you think, oh, and double life, that kind yeah. of seeing someone on a bus or and you see you will watch them and think, Oh he, he he kept that thirty years later and used it it's there. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and it is amazing, yeah, because you can see his, his vision hasn't really changed. And he's not being swayed by anyone. He's not influenced by other filmmakers. He just loves film, filming and how people are with each other and you know, that whole destiny and mm. communicate with people you don't even know and stuff like that. It's yeah, the, the whole idea of destiny and, and our lives crossing is something that I've, I picked up on in his work. I mean, for me, I found um, a short film about killing was interesting because you have the murderer in the cafe at the same time as the as the uh, the lawyer and i i just find like oh, like you almost you know when when they you know meet and he goes to represent him you like almost want them to say like uh oh, you you know if only i had told you not to go you know if only they had he'd stopped him or something it, you know you just want to to intervene but yeah. we were kind of helpless in in that sort of situation. It was, and it makes you think, like, how many times have we passed someone, and you know, we could have stopped and made a difference in their lives. So you know, it's it's very interesting in, in how he does that. Of course, you know, um, oh, it's it's recurring throughout all all of his films. But I, I find it almost comes to a sort of satisfying ending in a way with with uh, red you know um that they all all sort of come together in yeah a way. yeah, yeah. It, it does it does feel like his final film as well it, it, mm. I, don't, I don't know how he got that sort of impression onto the camera but it feels like a closure not just the films but his career as well like that, he was almost the judge you know Yes. Like, this is, yeah. You know, he must have been. He must have been happy with that at the end. He must have think, yeah, that was. But, 
interesting yeah. what you say about making a difference to people's lives. I think that's probably top top three of his themes. Making difference to people's lives, whether good, bad, and whether you even know this person or not. Mm. You know, uh, like Double Life of Veronique, which is blatant. You know, they they kind of have parallel lives. They both feel each other's loss. Don't can't quite figure out what it is. Um, that's a massive one. Like p- people being affected all the time. Yeah. White, you know, white's the same. Blue's the same. Like she's grieving. She's trying to get away. She so she just jump ship basically. But it all comes back to follow her. So it's like she's being haunted by him mm-hmm. through his music. It's like. People still affect you, whether they're dead, whether you know them, whether they're alive, right in front of you, constantly. It's amazing how he did that. It's interesting, like the, the these characters in his films. Now I've only seen five, so I can't. Yeah. You know, obviously not the expert here, Robin. That that's <laughs> you. Uh, uh, but all his characters seem lonely and isolated in the world, but they're actually part of a larger thing, and they 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 almost have to overcome something in order to realise that. And yeah. uh, in um, you know, a short film about killing, obviously the individual in that film doesn't really overcome that. You could say to, is he, is the killer the, the main character? No, probably, I would say it would be the lawyer's journey. Mm. And, you know, at that end of that film, I feel like he's worse off in a way for what's happened because he's Every, there's no happy ending to that film. No. Uh, and then in uh, the double life of uh, Ver- Veronin, I'm gonna Veronik. <laughs> there's too many like names to pronounce. Yeah, I, I struggle a lot. Um, no, it's fine. <laughs> it's just me being English. <laughs> um, sh- again, that's the uh, idea of overcoming something and, and sort of recognizing you have to make a difference and a change or, or you know recognize a problem and and not be lonely yeah. and, and connect with people in order to grow and of course that you know connection and, and communication is a you know a st- very strong theme throughout the three colors trilogy with, with people shutting themselves off and trying to become isolated, but you know, finding friends and it, it what I love is that the small intimate scenes, you know, uh, like Red is a great example of when she goes to the judge's house and you know they they sh- end up sharing a drink together and I think that's a, sort of a lovely moment where. They shouldn't have ever, their paths shouldn't have ever crossed. They're com- from completely different backgrounds, but 
they, they've come together and for a result they've almost become better people for knowing each other yeah the, the, on that note with their relationship you almost can see it from her point of view she's she's kind of the main character she's quite timid um she's i would, I would say she's quite lonely and she's, her boyfriend's far away and she goes into it's almost like a rabbit that comes out of the warren goes into the wild see what the world's like with with the judge and she's quite appalled by him at first because he's he's quite he's grumpy and he's um he spies on people and he doesn't yeah. really he does he's have morals but he's everyone show them. <laughs> yeah exactly you think you used to be a judge and now you're like but it really is the outsider because he's the reclusive one so she's not the she's not the alone in the end i think he is but and she changes him quite significantly and he does that smile at the end you're like ah you softy you know yeah. cra- cracks his shell almost and she's just living a normal life she probably doesn't think she's particularly isolated she just gets on with her a life not many people around her and that's just how she likes it whereas he chooses to stay in his house and just spy on people not have any physical contact yeah yeah i i think the the idea of watching and voyeurism is is a big theme in his work well god yeah yeah (laughs) but i I don't feel like it's done in a necessarily a very hitchcock type of way you know um not in a very perverse type of way there's almost like Obviously, it's you know you shouldn't spy on anyone. <laughs> I'm not saying to people listening like go and spy on your next door neighbour, but um, it's almost like a curiosity because you know that's what watching film is about. We are all voyeurs in yeah. in in that respect, and he's he's just drawing attention to that fact. But there's you know a cost to to watching people, and and that's all you do with people like. All you do is watch them. You don't have any other, like, communication with them or any relationship that, that you know, it will come back to backfire you. Uh, We've not seen short, um, the other short film, short film about love, which that's kind of got that in as well with the spying on the, mm. the neighbour thing. And this, this, that's a big strong theme of that as well. And Double Life Affair Anique as well that, not so much watching, but you know, looking out of windows, but looking through, you know, as he looks through the ball, and they're always looking for like a different perspective on the world, almost. And it's almost like Kislovsky's using these characters to project an image of, because he loves watching people, but he's not a like a stalker or a creep, you know. He's not. He's, he just he's fascinated by how people are, you know, how they move, their body language, how they interact, and he puts his characters in that kind of. Mm. position as well sometimes you know well I, I, if we can talk about uh, the double life of Veroni- yeah. Veronica Ver- Veronica Veronica let's just call her Veronica yeah <laughs> um, can I just say like I thought the I don't know what it is the, the whole thing with the um, the author slash the puppeteer type of thing yeah I didn't know whether I found that romantic or a bit like, <laughs> like stalkerish, because you know, like he was just almost playing a game with her, like sending her these things, and then the whole thing with the tape and everything. I was like, how would I react in that situation? It's a real strange way of. Uh, 
wooing her, can we say that, mm. or alluring her. But uh, but she is a bit towards the end of that scene when they speak to each other in the in the cafe. She is a bit kind of huh, you know what's going? What, what are you talking about? I think does she storm out or something? Yeah. Uh, so I think at that stage, but I think she's so preoccupied. I can see what you mean that. I think she's a bit at the end when she says, oh, that you've made him look like me. And she's kind of half that sweet, half, why? <laughs> yeah. why, have you made, why have you made two? You know, <laughs> right? uh, and he says something like, because you know, I might damage damage them. And that's like symbols. And that's like, Mr. Kislovsky, why have you got two Veronics? Mm. Oh, because one of them might die, you know. Something like that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the fact that he's a, a puppeteer, it's just, you know, like, so, so funny to me. Yeah. He's like a puppet master pulling on strings. To, yeah. Uh, he's just, I think he said he's he's trying to, to do it for a story or a book or something like that. Yeah, you book, just want yeah. to, yeah, to see how far she would go. And I, I, I found that to be quite an, an interesting film in terms of depicting what was happening politically at the time as well. Because uh, obviously, I wasn't around. Well, I was probably a little, wee little baby, um, <laughs> but there's no probably about it. I was, um, so I, you know, I wasn't really aware of the, the news. But from what I, I know now, you know, that was when you know you had this sort of collapse of the Soviet Union. So you had this idea of almost like uh, refinding your identity. As a as a country and and as a nation as well, so it's kind of capturing that I think. I'll just say something as well, like, uh, he's very, he captures, like, life in, in, in terms of what happens around people without, you know, I, today, I, this is quite strange, <laughs> I'm going off in a little bit of a tangent here, but I was walking back from the bus, and a bubble, you know, like, a, you, when you blow bubbles, yeah, it just appeared out of nowhere. Like a bubble just floated in front of me. It was like being in one of his films or something. It was yeah. such a strange... I couldn't see anywhere where this bubble could have come from. That's weird. And, and then it just, right in front of my feet, popped. And I was like, if this was a film, I would be analysing that. Like, what does it mean? Why is the bubble popped? You know, it just sounds... It, so someone's it, affected your life and you, yeah. you'll probably never meet that person or know if it was a kid or from which house it came or anything. But yeah. Just for a few seconds you'd be affected. And you're telling me the story now, so you're still affected. Yeah. And that, that's what that's what he was kind of... Exactly. I, I'm sure he, made, he must have made lists, you know, yeah. and sat and watched, like, social anthropology would, mm. would study, like, oh, they with the left hand. That's fascinating. Yeah. And I, you get that with the the lady going to the bottle bank. Oh, um, yeah, that recurring, yeah. And I think that's such a, like, a sort of beautiful 
I d it's almost like a short film about this lady. Like, you want to know more about, like, her life. What, why is she an alcoholic? Um, <laughs> why does she have so why many bottles? Why is nobody helping her? <laughs> yes, but then... Valentine does, yeah. Yes, at the end, which is a kind of... Like, it all comes full circle, which... I think that's such a lovely little observation of 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 life and you know we see quirky people or not I wouldn't say quirky people just ordinary people every day but we don't really register them um but it's almost like he like you say he was he must have just walked around with a notebook and he saw someone just going, oh my god, a bubble's just popped in front of me. Um, <laughs> Let's put it in all three films. I mean, even in yeah. um, Double Life of Veronique, I'm sure there's a scene where she looks out the window and the woman, old lady's carrying bags and she says, like, can I help you? And she just, the woman ignores her. But let's let's talk about Blue. It's quite it's a... It's about grief, I suppose. And it's quite a hard grief. film to watch. Yeah, and how good is she in it? I oh, know. My oh my gosh. She doesn't even need to. The scenes where she doesn't even move. And I'm like, yeah. what? I, I just want to say that the, there's one shot which I just wondered how he did it, where she's in a hospital and you can see the reflection in her eye. Oh, yeah, no. Real close, uh, isn't it? I just thought, oh my god, what amazing shot. I like that... the bit when she's she first hears the music mm. and sort of startles her like she's seen a ghost you know and it mm. goes blue and the camera sort of goes pulls away to the left and then when it goes back it kind of goes to the right but she's still in the frame and it's like what yeah it's it's not like she's being haunted by him but it's like the music no, that he didn't finish it's almost like representative mm. of his ghost but it's not a supernatural film it just puts that out yeah. there for you to oh wait She's trying to get away. She, yeah. she throws it in the garbage, doesn't she, at one point, you know? And, but it all comes back. It's, everything comes back to me. The, the guy in the street and, playing it on the flute as well. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to get away from all this. <laughs> and the guy comes back, doesn't he? The, the husband's friend, he comes back uh, and visits him as well. It's like, oh, just let me grieve. Yeah, it's a great way of, like, showing how, you know, uh, when you're grieving you can't almost get away from the loss of someone because you know there's such a huge part of your life so th there's everything around you that's remind you of this person and I, I think the moments where she's trying to swim or you know in the pool yeah. um, and you can almost picture what she's thinking or the thoughts that are going in her head and um it's a, such a like the use of the color blue i mean yeah I mean, it's entirely blue those shots are pretty much mm. entirely blue but they don't seem artificial it seems like no, it's natural. just everything's yeah mm, and it's kind of like when you feel like the whole world is you want it to swallow you up you know she almost wants to to just hide like she, she is hiding from from everything, isn't she? She sort of gives up her house, sells her possessions. Uh, of all the films that you know deal with grief, I think this one was one that didn't feel melodramatic, or you know, uh, um, 
it felt very honest. Like I, I, you know, you could get this idea that this director has probably dealt with grief, or at least, you know, has spoken to people. But at the end, it's like she ain't crying. She's just the tears for actually coming out of her eyes. Finally, she's got that release. Whether mm. that's closure or not, I don't know. But she's like crying all the way through the film. Really, she's just the, the teary eye thing. I, I don't know how actors do it, but. Juliet Binoche, if you watch some of her other films, you know, she can cry on cue. I, mm. I'm not quite sure how she does it, but... And it's such a great performance, like... Uh, his... The way, the way he could get these performances out of the actors, you know, just... Um, it doesn't feel like they're acting. I know. So white, it's kind of an odd, odd film. It, like we said, the blue is quite heavy. Um, deals with grief and is um, white gets really, better. By the way, white yeah. gets better with repeated viewings. You'll, but I don't know much you enjoyed it, but I think you'll get something else from it next time. Well, I I did enjoy it a a lot. Um, and it was kind of a nice sort of. Pause. I don't know. It was kind of like a, a, a space to breathe. It's yeah. a very odd film, though. Like, <laughs> I yeah. don't. I don't. I mean, talk about like, you know, uh, a crazy revenge plot. Like, uh, that is, you know, <sighs> so complicated. I don't care. I still yeah. like how. Well, it's a quality, isn't it? It does the it's liberty, quality, and fraternity. Yeah. But the, with the quality, it's not really a quality as we know it today. It's more like, you know, I'm going to get you back. <laughs> and then we're, then we're equal. That that kind of equality. It's really clever. I thought what what I like about that film is the the friendship between the two men. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really quite. Like when they meet and you know the the they're getting drunk and the the playing with the cards and everything, um, you they go they go through that elaborate plan to get him back into Poland, which, I mean, <laughs> I don't think you could get away with that sort of stuff nowadays. No. I mean, I don't. I just thought like, this is going to end badly. I'm just waiting for, and it kind of does end. But in a different what not we expect, like it's not customs yes. in the game, it's like people that work there are like smugglers, I suppose. Yeah, I thought that was just so the such a funny moment they just open it up and it's like Yeah, that's not drugs. <laughs> <laughs> but when he says it it doesn't go to like reports as my bag hasn't arrived, oh what it's quite heavy, you know, what's what's in it. Um well, my friend actually. <laughs> he just he just tells us, it's, it's, but he's obviously being kidnapped. It's a lot of it is kind of, you know, when when the he goes to the old man's house, he wants to buy up the land, 
and he's the old man's he's so frustrated with that old man trying to get him to sign uh, i was just like what's going on here what is the what's this guy's like why is he doing all this what is it and did he have this planned out the entire time that he was to do this to his wife like now i'm gonna become this wealthy businessman and you know put her in my will and yeah. <laughs> Does he love her? Do you, do you think he loves her? Or do you think she... Well, no. Do you think she loves him? That's kind of the more doubtful question. Does, does she love him at the end? Maybe. She did need to be taught a lesson. Let's let's be fair. I mean, although maybe not that extreme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean, yeah. When she watches her... I think when he watches her cry at a funeral, mm. and I think then he start, starts to think, oh, I've gone too far, yeah? But then that's not really the end of it, you know. Yeah, he's a great character, that, that, that guy. Really good performance. Yeah. It's almost like a... Like, I can imagine Jack Lemmon doing it, that kind of thing, years ago. Yeah, there's, it's, it's very sort of... Um, I don't want to say slapstick to it. There is moments where it is almost a bit like a lot of body humour in that type of... How he, he... Like you're saying about how he moves and, yeah. you know... The, the the bit where he um, puts his hand on the stove and you know, luckily it's not on. Yeah. But and the coin sticks uh, to him, doesn't it? And yeah. It just seems to be. He's not like a tramp, I would say. But he seems he's a bit tatty and he's a bit not well kept, and he, he's got those scars obviously from from earlier on, and he's never quite composed, and that's what yeah. makes him a, like quite a unique. You can understand what she sees in him as well, which is good, because you just think, well, how would you be with this Wally? But yeah, he, yeah, he has, definitely has a, a personality, you know, that you can see. So. She was, she loved his comb, you, you know, yeah. comb, comb playing. That's what won comb her playing. over. Yeah. <laughs> loves music, doesn't he? Kislovsky loves loves his music. Yes, yeah. I I find that well, just the moments where the characters. Are they? Can they hear the music? But they—they almost like they're reacting to it, and you know, it's like—is it in their head? You know, it's kind of like yeah, almost. Part of the, yeah. Part of the, yeah. It's, it's beautiful, and some some of the some of the pieces just sort of oh, you know, thinking about it, you get shivers down your spine, but in a good way. Same composer as well, like the three mm. films and. Well, the same with everything about the three films, the way it was shot, the subject, the the genre. He did three different things with, with them, but the music as well as three very different scores, types of mm. music, but the same composer. Like, amazing. I mean, the first film, The Blue, it feels like that was probably a classical piece that was already existed, but it, you know, he composed that. And it, it's like, oh, I'm sure I've heard this before. So, you know, that's the kind of effect it has but yeah. it was a big part obviously in the narrative not so much for red i think that was just an accompaniment but yeah i loved all three scores just so good yeah Thank you.
and and so red. I mean, I've just just finished watching it, um, and I just, I just don't, oh, I I just don't know how to just just. Yeah, I know. It's I just film, found it so. You can't explain why you like it. Is it it's um, so. T- it just touches you. Yeah. In in a way, and it, it kind of just. You know, she's so timid, and when she knocks the dog over, it's just genuinely distraught. She goes out of her way to. She just seems like a really like a really good person. Yeah, and when you first meet the judge, and she says, you know, about happened to his dog he's just like we don't care does he yeah he's just like i mean he doesn't care about people but he doesn't even care about his dog and you know you know some people like their pets more than they actually like people but he doesn't seem to have care about anything mm. um and that's what i kind of like when you see the puppies at the end you know she, you know, she says, "Oh, he'll, she'll want the poppy when she comes back from her." And you're just like, "Oh, that's so sweet." You know, and then you start to know about the judge and on how. Well, I don't want really want to spoil it, but you know why he's become closed off and it's kind of like an Ebenezer Scrooge type of character, isn't he? Yeah, of, he is. Yeah. Yeah, and she's almost. Almost like a guardian angel or something like there to show him, uh, you know, uh, a better path to lead his life. But th- then he's also affecting her as well. Yeah, they don't quite balance each other out, do they? Because that yeah. that would be a bit of a cliche. But yes, in fact, at the end, they're still very different people. But people who are different get on. They just find a mutual. Mm. She knocks him down a peg or two. Even she gets in, you know, when he starts listening to what he's doing as well. She's soon, she's soon swayed. She sticks her nose a bit first, but then she's like, oh, I'll have a go, you know, so to speak. Yeah. So she really object to his, his uh, spine after a while. But... I mean, I, I just think it's, it's kind of um, looking like a, looking back into a time capsule with um, those, those films, because... Um, I was like, when they go to the record shop and they're listening to the music in headphones, yeah. I was like, oh, I remember when that, when you had that. And then, like, just little bits of bobs, just that sort of, like, oh, I remember when you would call up and ask about, like, the weather or the, the t- what the time was or something. It's an interesting sort of look about how technology is kind of, Affecting our lives as well. It opens with I, that, that shot, doesn't it? it mm. goes through the, you go through the telephone lines, don't you, essentially, at the beginning of yes. the film. So he's obviously got something to say about that. What other films of his do you recommend for, for people listening? And for, for me, just really. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, two, sort of the two ones he made in the 80s, there's one called No End, which has got... Um, that's kind of a bit like blue, blue like there's, there's a grieving thing and the, the husband, I'll, I'll say he appears, but it's not really a ghost story, it's just her. And she, she's in one of the decalogues actually, this actress, so he's, he's worked with her before, that's called No End. And there's the 
What's it called now? A blind chance, which is like what could happen if kind of like standing doors, but not not as like cliched as that. So three different. <laughs> he's running for a train basically, and there's three different things that happen that stop him or stop him making that train, uh, and what happens and as a result of that. They're, they're really good, and you'll see all his themes in there. You know, the getting a second chance or a third chance or. Like I said before, I did this continuous different themes without making them tiring. Uh, and those two are well worth seeing. They're really, really, really good films. They're two of my favourites outside of the ones we've discussed. And a short film about love. If you're going to watch a short film about killing, you have to watch that. I think I actually prefer love to killing slightly. Yeah, uh, killing was really hard to watch. <laughs> but obviously the Decalogues, which which I've written about. Mm. They're worth watching as well because he again he shot them in such close proximity and he made ten. Uh, and good luck, good luck ranking them. You know they're all that good. Try and rank them, and yeah. there's not a bad bad apple in the. In the... And that was ten, and that was like the late nineties. That was after he'd made, um, you know, No End, and before he made Double Life, Veronique. That was still to come. I mean, this guy. And obviously short films, a lot of them on YouTube, I think you can buy, you can pay for a lot of them, streaming, um, there's a lot of great stuff. I know you'll enjoy it because a lot of the documentaries, observational films, you know, set in a hospital, set at a train station, set in a factory, you know, are worth, and like you say, you're aware of the time that they were made, fascinating, especially if you're interested in that kind of European mm-hmm. cinema from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and how Maybe they're not trying to shove it down your throat, but they were aware of their own culture and their own yeah, you yeah. Know, things that were happening in their own native lands. And certainly, Kislovsky was one of those, and there's plenty to choose from. So, watch everything, basically. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like I haven't even like a a short film about killing, which I said was quite hard to watch. Mm. I still got so much from that film, and. I, when you realise just how impactful that movie was as well, like um, in changing the actual situation with with um, capital punishment. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. just it's like it, it, it's like he's just every film was just perfect in in its own it's way, so, and I don't mean that. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Any, yeah, in the wrong way. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I just want to say thanks to you for um, this discussion and I, I'm glad that I, I got to discuss these films. It, it is kind of, it's great to write about them but it's also great to, to just talk about them. Mm. I'd love to have met him and spoke to him but I think I, I would have listened to him all day long. Mm.